While it does take a lot of nerve, I would say, to make uh, your first appearance, and especially your first appearance at that national level, every one of the speakers you see that are big-name speakers started somewhere. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. This is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast. Now, here's your host, Scott Orr. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. This is the show for and about firefighters. We're informing and entertaining members of the fire service just like you. From coast to coast, firefighters are unique in a way you may not have thought much about. You love to impart knowledge on less experienced members of the fire service. But when are you ready to teach? Is there a certain rank you need first or years of service? What makes you an expert in a subject anyway? My guest today can answer those questions. Dr. Randall Hannafin is a captain for the Westchester Fire Department in Ohio. He also runs Hannafin and Associates, a crisis management company, and he's the associate author of a book, Disaster Planning and Control. And Randy Hannafin joins me now. Welcome to Code 3. Thank you, sir. Pleasure to be here. Is there a specific rank or level of experience someone should have before they try to teach? Well, that's a very good question. And I think the question is, what do you want to teach? Uh, If you're teaching firefighter entry, uh, it's obviously best to have a firefighter rank teaching that. They're closest to that. They do that every day, and it, it allows them to give back from a lot of their experiences. Now, if you want to go to teach um, you know, college level, then, you know, there may need to be a time where there would be a higher rank. However, what we've noticed is that uh, a lot of times people may not have a rank, but they may have experiences on the educational side. So especially as you're looking at the associates, bachelor's and master's degrees, uh, and especially when you get into the doctoral degrees, you have to have a certain level of education to be able to teach those. So while it may be nice to have a certain rank associated with that, the educational system in our country pretty much mandates that you'll have a certain level of education. So think that while rank may help with it, uh, there are also other factors that may make rank not as important. Now, when we talk about the FDIC or Firehouse World, Firehouse Expo, those kind of events typically have a wide variety of people teaching seminars, yet most of them seem to be the big names in the industry, if you know what I mean. Um, Well, I think every big-name speaker started out as a no-name speaker. Someone had to give them a chance And then they were able to prove themselves. And what you really find with the big name speakers is maybe they don't have experience or, you know, everyone's going to have a different set of experiences. Um, But what you really find with the bigger name speakers are that they have a passion and they've got good with the delivery of that particular program. And 
as you sit through different programs and you begin to look at, you know, which ones you've enjoyed over time, oftentimes it wasn't what the speaker actually had done in their life, but it was how they delivered the message, how they tied the message to what was important to you. So I think while we may favor some of the bigger name speakers, as progression goes along, those big name speakers will retire and we'll replace it tomorrow with uh, the next big name speaker, which is unknown today. So, you know, just like the the cycle of life, so is the cycle of uh, big name and little name speakers. (laughs) It sounds like you're saying that there are any number of people who may have the information to convey, but the way they convey it becomes critical. That's absolutely correct. You know, you could have a person that um, has been in FDNY and gone to numerous incidents day in, day out, but may not have that comfort level to get up and speak in front of people. And um, that becomes evident. Whereas you may have someone who doesn't have that level of experience going to, to that many calls, but has a background in speaking or has become comfortable with it, or, you know, they, they do a lot of teaching on the side and they've learned over time how to connect with the student and that truly becomes the important part. And as we begin to look at social media and its influence on society, I'm a big proponent of I hate to stand up and lecture someone. I prefer to have a good conversation with the class and, and allow them to be involved. Now, obviously, you can't do that in a room of a thousand people, but anything that you know is basically your FDIC, your firehouse world where you where you do have a room you can walk around and engage the people. I believe that is the key, is to get that engagement and have them contribute to it as well. Because while the speaker standing in the front of the room may have convinced a panel of people who put him there that, that he has that expertise, there is by far way more expertise sitting in the audience collectively than any one person that could stand at the front of the room. So it's truly important to engage the audience. What would you say to potential speakers who may suffer from what we call imposter syndrome? That's the idea that, well, who would want to listen to me? In other words, what makes a member of the fire service ready to teach others? I think the biggest thing that makes a person ready to teach others is they have a passion for what they're teaching. Uh, There are so many subjects from fire prevention, EMS, hazardous materials, management. So we need all those things taught to personnel throughout their careers. If everyone took the idea that no one wanted to listen to them, well, there would be no one there to convey that along. So while it does take a lot of nerve, I would say, to make uh, your first appearance, and especially your first appearance at that national level, every one of the speakers you see that are big-name speakers started somewhere. And They started probably very small, and they probably started talking to small groups of people and just worked their way up. So the only way you're going to get involved and and have that uh, syndrome uh, overcome is to just do it. Do you find there are some people teaching based on book knowledge, and is that the problem it seems like it would be? I think you have some people that have a lot of book knowledge. I feel you have some people that rely heavily on experience and don't have the book knowledge. And I I think we're at a crux where we need both. No one is going to be able to read from a book and just tell you 
what to do because that's kind of pointless. You could actually just go read the book and, and skip the middleman. However, just because you've experienced things a certain way in a certain organization day in, day out, that doesn't make it 100% correct. It doesn't make it safe. It doesn't make it the best way to do things. So I always say you need a good combination of a solid education as well as experience because just the education will get you nowhere, uh, but experience doing it incorrectly isn't going to help either. So I think it takes that true combination. I'll be back with more right after this. On any given day, you are tasked to be your best and power through the worst of times, all at a moment's notice. We know the sacrifices you make each and every day. Your success relies on superior equipment and the best training available. That's why Federal Resources is here to support you, the everyday hero. We are here so you can excel. Discover your success at federalresources.com. Where do you stand on the current trend of using acronyms? Maybe too much. Slicers, Revis, now you've got Slab Savers. Seems like there's been a backlash amongst firefighters who say there's just too many of those. Where do you stand on that? You know, we try and shorten everything we can in life. Uh, you know, you look at people who text, you know, they have words that are only one letter. Um, I don't think you're ever going to get rid of the acronyms. However, I, I think what's the important part is that they understand concepts that are related to the acronyms. Not that they can tell you what SLICER stands for, but that they can understand the concepts and apply those things as they go to incidents, and they can understand how the different acronyms or alphabet really play into what they do day in and day out, whether that's someone who sits at the desk and manages the fire department or whether that's someone who's that first arriving firefighter or company officer. They have to understand the environment in which they're working in, the things that they're doing, and how all those things apply. And they basically be, need to be a student of the craft. There will always be a new acronym. You may not memorize that acronym, but you need to understand how the new knowledge plays into your world day in, day out. Can you describe a situation you've seen with the teacher who was less than effective because of their level of experience? I think it usually plays out to where the audience catches on pretty quick. And then they don't really have that background to be able to engage the student. And um, what you also find is someone who maybe lacks that doesn't have the ability to engage the audience to understand that they may not have all that. Usually there's an inverse uh, proportion of education, knowledge, and experience, and someone who actually believes and says they have all that. Usually, you know, someone gets up there and tells you they have every answer. You you quickly find that that's they probably don't. not the correct. Yeah, they don't have any of the answers. Correct. So, uh, you know, it's usually pretty easy to tell. Usually the audience will correct it. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, a lot of the speaker panels that, that put those programs together take a risk uh, when they do that. And, you know, there's a lot of self-correction that occurs in the fire service. So usually you don't see that 
same person going out and repeating that time and time again. Let's talk about philosophy for a moment. We generally have no problem getting people to come on this show because they say they want to help the brotherhood, they want to make people safe. What is it about firefighters in particular that they want to pass on their knowledge to others so strongly? I think it starts with the fact that it is a profession that is driven on a passion to do the job. Um, No one is forced into this. It isn't something you did because you couldn't do anything else. You literally seek out this profession because it's something you want. So it's a desire to be engaged. And then the more you're engaged, the more you're around people that are engaged, I think that's just one of those things that perpetuates. And at some point, you change from in your career realizing that you're trying to absorb all the knowledge to, well, this might be a good time to start giving back to those you know, that came up so that they can benefit the same way that I did, where I was able to gain all that knowledge from the, the senior person. All right, Randy Hannafin, thanks for being on Code 3 today. All right, well, thank you for having me. It was a very nice experience, and uh, hopefully we can do it again. And we put some more information on teaching and Randall's company on our website at Code3Podcast.com slash teacher. Check it out. Here comes your trivia question. What tool should be used to vent Lexan? I'll have the answer right after this. Now's your chance to get your hands on Code 3 t-shirts, sweatshirts, and more. Show your support for the podcast that supports firefighters from coast to coast. Just go to Code3Podcast.com and click on the Code 3 store link. Or go to Code3Podcast.com slash shop and tell the world that you're a Code 3 fan. Here's the trivia answer. The tool that should be used to bend Lexan is a rotary saw. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more, and I hope you'll join me then. Until then, I'm Scott Orr, and I'll see you later. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To get in contact with us, visit Code3Podcast.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you should. Don't miss an episode. Find us at the Apple iTunes Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.